welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. What? No, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now we got nobody. Are you leaving? I'm not leaving. I'm just going to close the door. Oh, all right. Welcome, my name is Sandy and I'm a recovering sexaholic. My co-leader here is... Suzanne. Uh, the topic we are sharing on is on the traditions. How well do I serve my other members? How well do I serve the other members? Traditions 8 and 9. Um, in, the, uh, in the spirit of the fifth tradition, to carry the message, this session is recorded. The recorder will not be turned on or turned off during this session. If you do not want to be recorded but need to share, we encourage you to attend another non-recorded meeting. Please do not touch the recording equipment. If you want to share, come up to the front and sit next to us to use the microphone. Uh, that will be to my left, to your right. Please leave the microphone on the table and don't touch it because it makes noise on the recording. Thank you. Let's begin with a moment of silence for all those still suffering or unable to attend a meeting, followed by the serenity prayer. And prayer, God, God, uh, the serenity to to accept the things things I cannot change, change, the courage to change the things I can, and and the wisdom to know the difference. Again, I'll be done. Again, the topic is, how well um, do I serve the other members? And that hitchhikes on Traditions 8 and 9. We'll share, each one of us will share for five or six minutes about how the topic applies in our lives, then we'll open up to the meeting for all of us to share. Each of you will have roughly five minutes to share. Um, Before, do we have a timekeeper here? Okay, we do. All right. Let me tell you a little about myself. Um, I am from Denver. Um, I have been sober for four years, May 22nd, uh, 2014. I have been in S recovery for oh, 15 to 20 years. I can't, uh, I can't tell you how long. Um, four years is about uh, the max. Excuse me. I'm deaf, so I can't hear out of the ear next to you. I hope that helps in communication. I'm Sandy. I'm from Denver. Um, Again, I've been sober in SA for four years. 
Um, I have belonged to a couple of other S programs um, with the determination when I first joined them that I wasn't going to join SA because it was a little too stringent in its requirements. Uh, I didn't mind the God stuff, but I certainly thought that I could uh, um, be faithful to someone in addition to my wife or maybe act by myself um, apart from my wife. So um, I talk a good game, and and I got to be not not uh, guru like, but I got to the point where I was having a number of, of sponsees, and they weren't getting sober either. Now, I, I want to tell you that I've been sober in Alcoholics Anonymous for a long time, and I came to I came to S Recovery thinking I know how to do the steps, you don't. Um, you guys, you guys really don't have it. So I didn't get a sponsor, or the first sponsor I got, uh, the sponsors, people I asked to sponsor, weren't strict enough in their adherence to what I thought the 12 steps said. So I was pretty good at avoiding sponsorship. Um, I continue to act out. These other programs have, uh, uh, have a gentler approach to, uh, in sobriety than, than at least my home group does, an, an attaboy kind of thing. Keep at it because everybody does that. It doesn't matter. You can, you'll get it sooner or later. Um, I've put together four years um, in that program. Um, at the same time, I was going, I, I was in a therapy group and we were respons responsible to one another. And I acted out again. And I thought that um, this is just a, a happenstance thing, and I won't, I won't do this again. What had happened was my brother had died, and, and uh, I thought I could look at some benign pictures, and they weren't so benign. Um, I acted out for six months before my wife confronted me for the umpteenth time. And another friend of mine said, Sandy, why don't you go to S.A.? And I said, I told you I'm not going to go there. You go there. I don't need to go there. I don't need that. He said, just try it. And he pulled up his phone and he said, look, there's one within a mile of your house. So I haven't missed a day since, and I've been sober since. I should take that back. I miss Sundays, but they don't meet on Sundays. That Missing that meeting is okay. Um, I've been sober for four years. Um, I find that in, in, in this particular diligence in doing the steps, because I found a man who believes in the steps, um, we did the steps again his way, not my way. Uh, his way, fortunately, was similar enough to my way that I didn't dig my heels in. But uh, I've had... To, I've had to, I've had the privilege and the pleasure to sponsor other people, and that didn't happen before. And, and my thought is just exactly like the, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous says, and I'll paraphrase, that, that there's nothing that works so well with a sexaholic as intensive work with other sexaholics, and that's sobriety. 
And as I get sobriety, um, as I watch others either get it or not get it, at least I have something to give back. And I never had that before. Now that I'm sober, I have something that I want and something that other people want. I like that. Um, I want to tell you that uh, our topic, or, or share with you that our topic today is how well do I serve other members? And I was walking out in the lobby um, about an hour ago, and a friend of mine said, do you have a car here? Did you drive here? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, take me to urgent care. So I just got back from urgent care, um, and I'll be picking him up, I hope, right after the meeting. So it's no big deal, but I had the car. Okay, it's not my turn anymore, Suzanne. Hi, I'm Suzanne, and I'm a gratefully recovering sexaholic from Rochester, New York. Hi, Suzanne. And uh, the, I'm going to read the uh, Traditions 8 and 9, um, which is the idea of what, what we are uh, doing here, or uh, what we're talking about here, how we, how we serve others uh, in the fellowship. Sexaholics Anonymous should remain forever nonprofessional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Number nine, SA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Well, it's very interesting that um, I ended up in SA because I actually am like an organizational holic. <laughs> I'm really into organizations and building organizations. I've always worked for nonprofits, and it's like my thing. Um, and uh, so, but when I came in, of course, I had no idea, you know, how this, I mean, I heard these traditions, but I had no idea what they meant. I'd never seen a service manual, had no idea how, how SA worked, how the service structure worked. I had no idea. But um, when I came in, I um, found the first woman, uh, well, I met with a, a the, we have an open meeting in my area, and I went there first and then talked to a couple of the guys afterwards for, like, an orientation. And um, they said, well, go to the Saturday meeting because that's where most of the women are. And I'm like, okay, when's that? They said 8 o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, you're kidding. So, <laughs> but I went, um, and it became my home group. And uh, the first woman, and when I got there, the first, the only woman I think that was there at the time, I sat right next to her, practically held her hand, and and asked her to sponsor me afterwards. And I'm grateful she did. And she's someone who was very committed to service, um, and had held um, a few different uh, local service positions. And um, because we do meet with people, but but we have only one open meeting, and then people have to meet with with. Uh, two other members before they go to a closed meeting. So as uh, when I came on board, my sponsor had been the main contact for women that came in. Um, and then, uh, then I became like her sidekick. And whenever she had a woman to meet with, I had to come with her. And uh, not had to, but, you know, agreed to. Um, and, uh, and then I'm sure at one point, 
I ended up sponsoring, you know, one or more of these these women. And, uh, I mean, I know I did, but I, I guess it must have come out of that. I can't even remember. But um, so that, but, I, you know, I'd heard, you know, about how Bill W. said that's key, you know, to, you know, serve another alcoholic and um, that sponsoring is key. To, and my, my sponsor reminded me, you help keep me sober. And I'm like, oh, okay. So as I started sponsoring, I, I got it. I mean, I, I had done some teaching in the past, so I understood it from that level that, you know, certainly teaching helps you learn better and, and you know, feeding others helps you more with yourself and all that. So, um, but I have to say, um, along with Sandy, that I loved to be able to pass on the gift. I mean, as I think most of us felt when we first came in, I couldn't imagine staying sober for, um, well, I guess I would say I, I could envision actually, cause I was kind of a binger. So I could imagine a short period, although by then probably not cause I was, you know, more farther gone by then, but I couldn't imagine a year that was, that was just out of the realm possibility. Plus I couldn't imagine my first year without a relationship. Cause I was told that was really important not to have any relationships in the first year. And I'm like, what are you kidding me? But I survived. In fact, I survived longer than that, but that's all right. Um, and, uh, but it really did become an issue, you know, of how, so we have a phone line and, um, I not only ended up meeting with people, but at one point I became the women's contact on the phone line. You know, if a woman, if a woman called the phone line, they, uh, I, I was the one that, 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 uh, talked to her. And, uh, um, so then I would set up the, the meetings and, you know, that sort of thing. And, uh, and at one point I joined the inner group and ended up, uh, coordinating the phone line, but we had a whole team of different people that answered it and whatever, whatever at the time. So, um, so it just was funny how things gradually opened up and then, it must be through inner group that I learned that there is such thing as an IGR, an inner group rep to our region, which is uh, my region is the Northeast region, or we call it NERA, Northeast Region Assembly. And uh, so um, I said, oh, that sounds interesting. Uh, and uh, and somebody might have asked me if I would do it. I, I can't remember if I heard about it and volunteered or if somebody asked me. But either way... I did become an IGR and um, did that for, mm, I think it, I think probably three years before I heard that, or um, that we had the opportunity to have another delegate uh, to, and that, and the way that works is that because you got the home group, this is an inverted pyramid. Just picture one. Sorry, I forgot to bring it, but picture an inverted pyramid, and the top is the home group, and then you've got inner group that serves the home groups in your area. And then you've got the inner group belongs to a region. And, um, and so they send a rep to, to the region to figure out, you know, what can we do as a region to serve, um, the inner groups and the home groups. And then, um, and then there's a, a delegate from each region, at least one, depending on the size of the region or the size of the, how many members there are in the region. And, um, and then, or how many meetings, I think that's what it is, how many meetings there are. And, uh, and then 
you get at least one delegate to serve on the GDA, which is the General Delegate Assembly. So I, since we were big enough to have uh, two delegates, I became the second delegate. And um, have I'm now serving my second term as uh, their three-year terms, as and it's only two terms, so I'll have to rotate off after uh, just finish my first year of my second term. So that it's funny because I wouldn't say that I again I didn't even know about this in the beginning, and I had no intention of serving in these different positions. But I think it just sort of gradually like. I so grew to appreciate SA that I, I am, I am, my own enlightened self-interest is very concerned with how SA will develop. And of course, along with that, being a woman in SA, which of course there's still not that many of us, I, um, was very dedicated to serving women. And that has developed both from my local group and expanding now, especially with technology. I mean, I, I was involved for a while in helping with our phone, our women's phone list. Um, and, uh, and now that's, that's, it was more national. Well, I guess it was international, but we weren't that much connected internationally. But now there is an international, you know, um, uh, phone list that's hosted by EMER, the, uh, or no, by in the International uh, Committee. And, um, and there's a buddy list for men that's also hosted by the International Committee. Um, they were both started by the European Middle East region, but then now they're part of the International Committee because committees are part of the trustees. Trustees are the bottom, they're the worker bees. The uh, delegates elect them and, uh, and, you know, they do a lot of the, you know, figuring out what we need to do as a fellowship um, through the direction of the delegates or they study things for us or whatever. So um, um, so the, then the committees are formed from the, you know, trustee recommendations and that sort of thing. So I um, it's the international committee that hosts um, these these two sites. And then. Uh, along with that, I found out about that, that there's, um, both a women's and a men's WhatsApp group. Um, and I've become involved in the women's WhatsApp group, partly, you know, out of personal interest, but it turns out that there's a lot of newcomers on that group. And they really need experience, strength, and hope. So now it's my job to recruit more sober members to join, to join the group. And I have ended up, um, just recently, I mean, it's just a wild variety of circumstances. You know, I've ended up serving the fellowship. Okay, one of the de- we've now have brought in our delegates from Iran to really be part of the fellowship. They've been around for 15 years. Who knew? And now they're through technology, we're being able to connect more. And um, so, one of the delegates is on the women's WhatsApp group, and so she invited me to be in a workshop for the. Um, their 15th anniversary celebration. And out of that workshop, the co-facilitator has been the main contact for, uh, you know, about a dozen guys that have come uh, forward in India for help. And then a woman came forward, and so he passed her off to me. And then another Indian woman joined the WhatsApp group. So I connected the two of them. And, and, and it's just like, wow, it's so amazing to see. I mean, you know, I mean, there is now a little tiny small meeting in India, but 
the woman I'm sponsoring is not anywhere near there. So she's a total loner and has no resources. You know, she can't, I mean, I guess she could, but honestly, she can't just order a white book. It's super expensive to ship. Plus, she lives at home. You know, she receives this in the mail. It's like, oh, gee, from America, what's this? You know, so that wouldn't work. But she does have a big book, and, you know, we're, we're working. We're beginning to work through it. And thank God, like, I'm hoping that she's going on to the live streaming because, you know, now, again, with technology, there's a lot more access. So, the, so it's just amazing, like... You know, I didn't plan to find a loner in India. It's just something how when, you know, when we put ourselves at the at God's disposal, I guess you would say, things things come. And I'm incredibly grateful to serve this fellowship. And, of course, I'm really excited, you know, for women's involvement to grow and all that sort of thing because we need each other. Um, and... Um, and women need this fellowship just as much as men do. And, of course, it's helpful to have each other in, in the fellowship. So um, I, I just I, I appreciate that, you know, we do have a central office where we have these special workers, as it says in Tradition 8, that, that serve the fellowship. And let me tell you, they do a lot. You know, they, they feel calls from all over. They're the primary contact for loners and, you know, all kinds of people. So it, it's just, I mean, it's really helpful. Um, and again, we can create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. So that's why it's an inverted pyramid because it's not that, you know, it's the big cheeses, you know, at the international level. It's that the, that the, you know, the trustees, the delegates, et cetera, each, each of these serve the level, you know, of, um, above and that that top level is the home group because that's who we're here for is the members of the fellowship so that's all i have to say thank you all right and we're about to open this up again uh sure uh, a, a little more about uh, about my resume because i'm um, i've been the an intergroup rep i am now um in line to be the intergroup chair uh, for Colorado very shortly. Uh, I believe very strongly in what we're doing. I will get involved further. But that's only my resume. The real question is, to me, what we're talking about is how well do I serve my fellow members? And I ask that on an ongoing basis. I'm doing these things. I'm showing up to these meetings. I'm I'm reading the minutes. I'm I'm observing the treasurer's report. I'm, I'm, but how well am I serving my fellow members? Uh, and that's what I would pose to you as you share. Please bear in mind that this meeting is being recorded. So if you wish to share, come on up here. Use the microphone to our left, or it will be on our left in a minute, um, and share with us. Uh, you now have the opportunity to share with the group. Please focus on the topic of the meeting. We've just gone over that. Like sharing in any essay meeting, please limit your sharing to the topic. Avoid explicit distraction. I'll start with a different mouth. Avoid explicit description or distracting comments and focusing on the solution rather than the problem. Please do not share anything that legally would have to be reported to the authorities. Please line up to our left so we don't have to wait for each person to come up. Please speak loud enough for all of you to hear, for all of us to hear, and you will each have uh, <coughs> roughly five, 
five minutes or so. Um, sharing will end uh, two to three minutes before the 50 minutes at the end of the session. I'll give you a high sign with about 30 seconds to go. And when you come up, I'll do it for you. <laughs> My name's David. I am a sexaholic. And by the grace of God, my sobriety dates August 2nd, 1988, for which I can never be sufficiently grateful. Uh, what? Uh, and, um, but I like it on the table. Um, I, uh, I'm one of the, I'm sort of a part, I'm a combination of both eight and nine uh, in terms of essay. I'm sort of a special worker. Um, I think I'm correct in saying there's only two sexaholics employed by SA. I'm one of the two. And uh, Chad would be the other, our webmaster. Uh, there may be somebody else I don't know about. I don't think so. And um, so I'm in that category. And then I'm definitely a part of Tradition 9. Um, service boards or committees directly responsible for those they serve. I'm editor of the SA. I have three co-editors and uh, two artists and technical consultants um, and all but the latter I pay uh, out of the stipend that I'm given so we all kind of get a share in that and um, so I came to this partly because it's the it's the breakout group that deals specifically with what I do um, and the other thing that's more an immediate concern is the theme for the August issue is uh, traditions how we relate to each other. And um, the turnout in this meeting is indicative of our common response to traditions. So, so I, did, I haven't been to any of the other breakouts, so I can't uh, say how they've gone. And um, I'm just really glad they're doing this track. And when I came in, Ted P. from uh, L.A. area, uh, would always at the international conferences organize a traditions, at least one traditions breakout, sometimes a couple, um, because he felt, because of his own AA experience, which has been mentioned, um, how important it is to uh, keep those traditions alive and, and, uh, and functional in our fellowship. And there's that quip, probably most of you have heard it, that uh, the steps... Uh, keep us from committing suicide and the traditions keep us from committing homicide. And there's a lot of accuracy in that in terms of institutional uh, life and institutional uh, success. So that concept is there. More importantly, what I like even more, though, about this particular set of tracks, and each of you have actually done this, um, is these traditions, in my experience, have to be worked in our own lives as well as in the uh, fellowship's life. And um, and the topics that have been chosen for the track definitely are the, how does it work in my life? How do we relate to each other? And I'm just so grateful for that because that happens to be my own bias as well as working inside them just functionally, as I've mentioned. Um, and to realize that in my family, um, in my own workplace, although I'm almost re- – I have two more weeks to go until I'm fully retired – um, and by other occupations, though, and as well as in SA, um, that we all come in as dedicated amateurs, um, not necessarily in 
in everything we do and in most things we do, though. Um, how many parents have wished they had had an education on how to be a parent when they're trying to raise a kid, you know? And how many people have said, you know, some years into a marriage, I wish I had known what it meant to be married. Uh, and some people keep repeating that to keep discovering. And um, so the tradition of, of being a non-professional and, and yet finding myself engaged in, in specific activity, being a father, being a, a partner you know, in a marriage, uh, being a co-worker in, in the, my essay work, uh, it's actually very relevant. And... And all we have to give each other is, um, I don't think that's my 30 seconds, right? <laughs> um, and all we have to give each other is love, is what my sponsor said to me over and over again. And to bring that uh, into uh, the eighth tradition really uh, makes a difference. And then um, the tradition nine, being organized, uh, never being organized, but create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Uh, working that in my life uh, means that I, I I may be part of a structure, a family, a marriage, a working you know profession, um, and yet I don't have to put myself in a rigid structure. I can just be there uh, to do my part, and more importantly, to do it in a way that's thank you that's directly responsible uh, to the other parties in that what I'm engaging with, and I work really hard, and I, I may tell them to listen to this at some point, um, with my editors to be sure they know not only how much I respect them, but how much I depend on us to work as a team. And in my family, to uh, remind my, my kids are grown now, but they're grandchildren, to remind me, them and us, how much we work as a team. And we're all directly responsible to our common cause, to have a successful family or our marriage or work or whatever, and also to um, then... Um, I carry that spirit into all our affairs. So anyway, I'm really appreciative of the topic, and I'm appreciative of your shares, and I'm glad to be here, and I'll stop. Thanks. Thank you, David. Hi, I'm Steve, recovering sexaholic. Hi, Steve. Hi, everybody. Uh, David, thank you for your service. It's something that we kind of take for granted many times. Um, one of the ways that um, that I try to serve my fellow essayers um, is, uh, first of all, let me say that uh, I've been in the program for over 20 years with as much sobriety, uh, but I, I, I uh, try to be a leader without being a leader. In other words, um, uh, with experience of being in the program and seeing what uh, works in a meeting and what doesn't work in the meeting, um, uh, to try to gently guide if we tend to be going astray a little bit. Uh, without being resentful or, or, uh, come on, you dummies, you know, get back on track. Uh, so that, that's kind of a, a challenge for me, uh, to do it in a way that's uh, respectful and that uh, isn't, uh, pushy, uh, so that, uh, you know, they, uh, one, one example would be the, uh, the book that we read of in, before we start a meeting. I went to another group and they, they're using a, a non-essay approved, uh, literature. And as a matter of fact, the one reading for that that morning was that uh, masturbation is occasionally okay. And uh, so after the meeting, I said, uh, "Guys, did you hear that in the in, in the book that you read this morning?" And, and they said, "Yeah." And I said, "You know, what do you think about that?" <laughs> so then I kind of left it at that. I, you know, part of me wanted to say, "Hey, guys, you know, throw that piece of." 
garbage out and get you know get essay approved literature but i didn't you know there that's their meeting they're they've set up uh, their parameters uh now if i was to become that if that was going to be my home group i would certainly bring it to a group conscience but uh i just left it at that and uh, i don't know if i've been back since to see if they're still using it or not but anyway i, I try to to lead gently uh without being a leader and uh, because i know that's one of the traditions that there are no leaders in this organization and uh, so sometimes that's a challenge for me. That'll pass. My name is Mike. I'm a sexaholic, recovering, thankful for the program. Uh, could you read the yellow thing there for this meeting? I mean, you know, the orange, whatever it will call it. Yeah, you, could you read it what it says? There's a question there or something. Traditions 8 and 9, I'm sorry. Yeah. Traditions 8 and 9, how well do we serve the other members? Okay, good, good, that's fine. Uh, how well do we serve the other members? I don't have the slightest idea how well I serve the other members. <laughs> uh I'm uh, Loki, and uh, I'm in the program 19, 19 years, I guess. And uh, throughout these years, I let's put it this way: uh, I've did different service uh, things at the uh, at the uh, level, local level, at the home groups, different groups that I belong to. Uh, you know, leading the program, uh, taking care of the finances. Uh, Sponsoring, uh, things like that. Ordinary stuff. Uh, I'm very happy for that opportunity, those opportunities. Uh, I've also, because of coming to the convention here, I've got involved in, uh, the international stuff. Um, and, uh, uh, I was, uh, in Japan for 17 years, so I do speak and read Japanese and, uh, they asked me to make contact with Japan, and I got very, uh, what do you call it? I tried to. I tried to make contact with the home group. I mean, with the t Nashville, do we call it Nashville? And uh, the people in Japan. And uh, whew, I, I got one fella, uh, and uh, he was working, and, and I've lost contact with him, you know, probably the last six, seven, eight years. Uh, and I was also in Africa and, uh, Tanzania, Kenya, uh, and Uganda. And, uh, what I'm trying to say is that, uh, they asked me to, the, the, the is it tenant, is it, uh, Nashville? They, 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 they send me emails that they get from these people in Japan or, or, and, uh, yeah, the central office. And I, 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 I email them back and, and try to encourage them in their, uh, but there's really no meeting like people I know in Tanzania. And there's, uh, one fellow there. We've been in contact and he's, he's a loner. He's out by himself. There's no meeting where he is. And, uh, we, 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 we contact quite a bit and, uh, just that's the way I serve. <laughs> that's the way I serve. Uh, something else. Uh, the, uh, 
I do pray for those people. That's part of service, I'd say. Uh, especially uh, having lived in Japan and acted out in Japan, uh, I know how very much they need SA. And uh, I'm just an ordinary member who's been asked to, uh, to help in certain areas, and I'm very happy to be able to have done that and to, do, to continue to do it. Oh, that's the third thing is uh, here in the States, uh, I... I uh, I'm in contact with uh, a loner down in Alabama. He has no place to, for, for his meeting. He goes to AA meetings, but he is one of us. And uh, we're in regular contact. You know, I'm not his sponsor, but we're in regular contact. And another fellow in Massachusetts, who I, I was in Mass for two years, and uh, we've continued telephoning practically every week. You know, <laughs> it's nothing very big. But it's so important, even the little things that we do. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, I'm Andrew Grateful, recovering sexaholic from Montreal, Quebec, Canada, a French connection. Hi, Andrew. How do I serve? How well do I serve order? First, I stay sober. And in Montreal, I think uh, most of the people are coming to marriage. And they always come to talk about the sobriety definition. I said, guys, there's one goal. We got one goal, that sobriety definition. That's what keeps us together. If we got that goal, if I got my own goal and you got your own goal, we won't go anywhere. Everybody's going to go somewhere and... We're going to split apart, and we won't stay sober. So I've been sober since the uh, 31st of January 2012, and uh, I had to put my sobriety date a few, because I use my wife as a sex object for, I had a license to lust. I was married. And uh, today what I do to serve others it's to I translate most of the English in French with other people in Montreal. And I'm arranging to have those books available in French to the community in France, in Belgium, and also in Montreal. And I'm still working on a white book for the third time with a guy from Belgium. Try it to make it accepted by Seiko. So, and I've been involved since I've been in SA since 1992, and I've been involved at all the level of uh, intergroup, chair intergroup, treasurer, uh, everything, lead and everything. And that's what kept me sober and kept me coming back. And today, without that program, I wouldn't be talking to you. And, you know, if we stayed married for 43 years, that's because that program helped me to say, hey, I have to respect my loved one because I used her so many years, 19 years before I met Essie. So today, if I can give that message to others that it works if you work it, that's what I do at every meeting I go. And it's not easy for those people and the other day, a newcomer came at the meeting, and I gave him the, the newcomer envelope and everything, and he sat down, and he looked at us around, and he went out. 
he, went out, he, he said, I'm going to my meeting A upstairs. And I'll come back if I need it. And I did what I had to do. I just welcome him, give him all the information and all that. So how well can I serve the other ones? Just to be there for them when they come because they're suffering. And I've been there before. So that's how I am today. And I'm glad to have a program that I can give back what I got. And today I'm a, I would say I'm a grateful dad and a grateful granddad and a grateful sexaholic that is recovering from lust. And that's why I'm a happy man today. And thank you for being of service. All of you here that have been here before me. So thank you, everyone. Thank you, Andrew. I'm Jay, um, recovering sexaholic, <clears throat> sexually sober since July 11th, 2010. I wanted to kind of approach this slightly differently and use it as sort of a health checkup. How can I, how effective am I at serving others in the fellowship? So this leads me to ask um, several questions. Um, when I go to meetings, how willing am I to stay afterward and to greet people, greet newcomers, um, listen to them? There's part of me that says, meeting's over, I want to take off. So um, my openness to people, willingness to listen to them um, would be one area. Another area would be, how am I doing with sponsees? Um, I was in SA years ago, but working my own private program within it, eventually flunked out, <laughs> came back in in 2010. Um, and I've sort of asked myself, what is the number of sponsees that I can really handle? And generally speaking, it's between three and five. So if I have, if I'm tempted to have seven, eight, nine sponsees, I am probably going to burn out. I'm not going to serve them well. On the other hand, if I get down to zero or one or one and a half because one is inactive and the other is, that's probably too few. I need to I need to be helping several people along the line. Um, am I sharing my experience, experience, strength, and hope with them, or am I trying to control them or use guilt or other kinds of things to try to get them to change their behavior? Um, you know, I've served up and down the service structure, and I'm, I am on the GDA with Suzanne. Um, but um, if something comes up and there's a need, you know, am I willing to step up and serve, even though it may not be exactly in my wheelhouse or am I maybe not sure I can be feel myself to be competent in that particular area? Am I willing to step up and serve? Am I also willing to pull back? Um, we run a marathon, and I've served the program chair and the overall chair. Other guys are stepping up, and I'm doing a smaller role this year because it doesn't do me well or the fellowship well for me to step up always when there's a gap. Uh, sometimes I need to just let it sit there. Nobody stepped up. Well, maybe it just needs to sit there for a while before somebody does. Um, so I have to continually ask myself questions. Where is the health and where is the balance? Where is the balance between 
home life, marriage, family, and SA? Am I getting too involved in SA because of my need to be included, or uh, am I being pushed over the ed and edge into governing, a governing attitude? Um, or am I, do I have a balance between home life, marriage, and my involvement in SA, and other things as well? So, um, in answering this question, I feel like I need to have a health checkup from time to time because the way I answer this question this year may not be the same way I answer it next year. Next year, I may have let things go that I should not have let go, or I may have taken on too much responsibility and I need to step back. So it's not something that can be answered once for all for me. It has to be a continual health checkup. It may be something that I talk to my own sponsor with. Uh, I know people have brought up the whole idea of a service sponsor. I've never heard, had a service sponsor, but it's made me consider that maybe I need to have that or at least go over my service with my sponsor. So um, I can only serve the others in the fellowship well uh, if I am, like a previous share, focusing on my own healthy recovery and uh, I've got some balance um, in, uh, in my service. Thanks. Thank you. Hi, my name is Steve. Um, recovering sex, grateful recovering sexaholic, and uh, um, I don't have a whole lot of sobriety, so I'm not, I'm not going to talk too much. But um, that means I'm I'm going to sail. What's in the book here? You know, it talks about you know um, how we deal with chronic backsliders. You know, and uh, you know uh, how I how I do. Uh, you know. Um, in my area, I live out in Inland Empire, out in uh, Greater, what do you call it, San Bernardino County, and uh, there's a big H and I push right now to try to get people into these rehabs, you know, and panels. But you have to have six months of sobriety, and <laughs> but I, I still, you know, I, I I love this program. It's 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 it's, it's given me so much. So I I go to lots of meetings, you know, I. I, I dragged the, you know, the AA literature in, in this Thursday night meeting in Riverside, and they, they don't even know about this book. I mean, we don't even, they don't even, you know, I, I uh, and, and there's, you know, some of these guys, you know, this guy has his girlfriend and he won't give it up, you know, and it was like this divided meeting, you know, like, you know, we're not on the same page here, you know, on the sobriety definition, you know, and I, I, I I start talking about things like, well, Gilligan's Island, you know, like the seven deadly sins. <laughs> and, you know, I just right over their heads or something like that, you know. We're, you know, we're, we're tradition one, our unity, you know, is, 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 you know, that's, and I need these, I need these meetings. I gotta stay sober, you know, I'm, I'm in, you know, I, anyway, um, and they, they just tell me to shut up, you know, kind of. Right, I call these some of these guys windbags. Or they talk about all kinds of stuff, but it's not program stuff, you know. Anyway, so, but I, you know, and then they say anybody willing to sponsor anybody at the end of the meeting, you know, I always raise my hand. I don't care how much, you know. What do they say? And uh, Doctor Bob says or something like that. You always have to be you know, open to, to sponsor. 
anyway, and some guys, uh, they, they say, hey, will you be my sponsor? You know, they never call me. <laughs> so it's, it's real easy to sponsor these guys, you know. They, you know, but and there's a lot of young people. It's a near a, a college campus, so there's a lot of young people coming in, you know, and, um, you know, they, they just start talking about their girlfriends or something. And this one guy, anyway, uh, you know, um, he calls himself sober, but he's living with his girlfriend. Anyway, but I, and I don't say anything. He hasn't asked me to be a sponsor, but, but I talk to him on the phone, you know, and, uh, some of these, some of these guys, they, they just go to one meeting a week, you know, just to get, it seems like to get the wife off their back or something like that. But, um, I, I do everything I can. You know, I go on the campouts, the retreats, the conferences. I, you know, but I, I get scholarship money, you know, I ask for it. And, but nobody's, nobody's, we have $250 in scholarship money, but nobody's using it. <laughs> so, hey, I'm going to the St. Louis conference. I need, I need, I could use some. Anyway, I don't know if this is making any sense, but I feel like some kind of professional ASA if I'm, they're giving me money, you know, to go to these things. But, um, I pray for these people, you know what I mean? And I try to, you know, and they say, oh, Steve's here. Now we can start the meeting now. <laughs> But, um, hey, I think it's, it's, it, service work is like my, my paying the rent for my space here, you know. I mean, on some level, I have to try to give, give this thing away. That's how we keep it. So, I don't know if that made any sense, but I had fun saying it. I'm going to pass. Thanks. Thank you, Steve. Okay, anything you've heard at this meeting is strictly the opinion of the individual participant. And uh, now that we're at the end, let's all stand and gather in a circle and we can do the... Uh, um, I'd like to try the submission prayer, which is in your program. And uh, it's in Step Into Action. Somebody said once in a while, God, I give this day to you. That is the work of my hands, the steps of my feet, the words of my mouth, the direction of my gaze, the thoughts of my mind, and the attitude of my heart. Keep coming back. It works if you work it, so work because you're working. What a good thing. Thank you. Well, it was a treat to meet you all. Thanks, Thanks. Uh, Thanks. 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 Somebody was teaching great. Two of them, my two sisters, and I was very calm. And she was very calm. And I had to give up. I knew a woman who worked in the 
Oh, they do call her. No, you know, more so. Her parents are both really good. That's a lot of those ones. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.